Hello, friends. Uh, welcome to the first episode of the Big Black Bear podcast. And um, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to chat. And I'm happy to say that I'm joined for the very first episode with comedian, top MC, actor, the one and only, there's no end to her talents, is Keris Nelms. Oh, Hi, Keris. Hiya, Pav. You all right? I'm all right. Yeah, well, you know... Yeah, I've had a I've I've had a, a a weird couple of weeks, and the one thing I think when I have a weird couple of weeks is let's start a podcast. That's what I yeah. think we should do. Um, I don't know every time of year. Do you know what I mean? Because it feels like there's a lot of people having a weird sort of time at the moment. You know that was part of my thinking is that well the clocks haven't gone. Hang on, they fall ah. back, so the clocks go back. They haven't gone back, but there's definitely been a difference in getting up and it being dark. Yeah. So I think I don't think it's the one reason, but I think there's layers of stuff. Yeah. And I think the layers have just got a little bit too heavy for me. I've got things happening in my family. The one thing I will say, this podcast I want to try whoever I'm talking to first both to be as open as possible, but I understand there are going to be parts that people aren't going to want to talk about or talk about people that they, you know, do you know what I mean? There's going to be stuff that we're not going to want to talk about. So I totally understand that. And I've got things in the family that's happening, and I think it's just those layers and layers and layers that just that there's that tipping point. Yeah. And I think that for for me, that's what's happened over the last couple of weeks. But I don't know whether this is a good idea, and I don't know whether this is a bad idea to do a podcast. Hopefully, it'll be good because I'll get to talk to people like you. Now, there is one specific thing I want to talk about with you, um, but you've sort thirty six double D. I knew that anyway. <laughs> smaller now. Back in the old days. <laughs> Not that big anymore. No, no. Well, I mean, you just aren't that big anymore. <laughs> Physically, I mean. I mean, no, exactly. professionally, you, I mean, you know. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but there, actually, there are a couple of things I want to talk to you about. Firstly, um, you were sort of thrown into the public um, arena quite viciously last last week or the week before a couple of weeks ago with the whole weeks, yeah. Russell Brand thing I mean I'm, I'm now watching Sky News and all of a sudden there's somebody I know that's that's her face is there how did yeah. that happen how did that I mean this is a whole Russell Brand thing so yeah, how so did that happen it's, it's I mean you know I don't know Russell Brand never been touched by Russell Brand um thank god um so it was just basically um they wanted somebody to talk about uh sexual harassment and stuff in the comedy industry and they realised quite quickly that nobody on TV, no female comedian on TV, wanted to talk publicly about it because we're all fucking terrified. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, 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 of course you can, yeah. We're all just terrified of the um, fallout. Um, so normally there's a girl they go to called Kate Smurfwaite that does quite a lot. She does, she does um, Jeremy Vine show and, and, and uh, stuff like that. Um, but she was away, so she just basically threw my name into the mix. And of course, I was the only person that they could get to do it. Um, and <laughs> the first one came when I was at I was at the gym doing Pilates, so I had to do a live video sort of interview from the gym, from the bloody um, spinning studio. Um, and then it kind of happened throughout the day. And then the next day, I just happened to be in London, so I went down to talk TV and, and did some interviews down there. Um, and then what it does is brings up the fact that there are so many people in the comedy industry that are, are a little bit too handsy and a little bit too rapey, um, which then started me on my own journey, 
with somebody that had sort of been not very um, great to me. It was even before I'd kind of started doing comedy. So it's, it's a good job that it didn't put a, I mean, it stopped me from working in Bristol for yeah. my whole career, um, apart from what I do now. Um, so in a way it did, did halt my sort of progress. Um, but it's just men in power, isn't it? It's just men in power. And it's not in the comedy industry. It, obviously, the Russell Brand thing just highlighted the comedy industry. Mm. I've worked in I've worked in fe- uh, male-dominated environments. I was a firefighter. You know, I, I know how to toe the line. I know how to work with people. And um, I'm not one of these women that's going to go into a situation and go, right, I don't want any swearing. Don't say that. Don't do that. Because that's not how it is. You, you know, you just get on with things. And there's, there's I mean, there's still lines that, I'm like, that's too far now, but mm. I'll just take myself out of a room or whatever else. But it just highlights the fact that women are still in this position where we're dominated by men in power and controlled by men in power. And that's not going to change. Yeah. But when you're, when you're emceeing or when you're on stage uh, doing your comedy and stuff, I mean, I've, I've seen it when you've come and done live stuff for us before. I'm not saying you, you, it's not attacking that's not the word but you're very front-footed aren't you you will call people out and it's sort of part of your show you're very conversational with your audience yeah so you will you will take the piss out of people and you will if somebody's giving you a bit of shit you'll give them a bit of shit back yeah now is that oh go on no go on no go on (laughs) the next half hour is just us going no you go on no you put the phone down no you put the phone down you no you no well it is i mean i've seen it firsthand that somebody that decides they want to have a little bit of a um vocal fight with you yeah you are you are so easy at making them then feel small but that's up that's up on stage and that's almost like part of your in quotes act yeah how hard is that to do that backstage when you've got somebody you know doing that to you i'll just address that first i have to do that because as a female comic coming on stage, you visibly see people go, oh, fuck's sake, it's a woman. Right. So especially if I'm comparing, I need to come out and go, bah, 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 bah. so they're like, okay, we're in safe hands. So if anybody sort of tries it, I'm like, oh, no, no that's not happening. Come on, I'm, this is mine. I'm in control. You're in my house. Um, so that's the reason I've developed that kind of style is so the audience know they're in safe hands and they're in for a good night and I'm not going to stand any mess in and I'm going to set it up nice for comedians. Backstage, I'm very quiet. Right. I listen, I watch. um, Because you're very aware of not becoming a troublemaker, somebody that's a hassle to work with. So I was at a gig recently where I was being manhandled by a member of the gig staff. There was a very well-known TV comedian watching it all pan out and stayed quiet. Right. To the point when when the main organiser realised what was going on, he took this man away and then the TV comic then said, do not let that man back here again. I will punch him in the face. In fact, get him out of the tent and get him out of the festival because I will not be working after what I've just witnessed. Right. And for me, I'm like, yeah, you witnessed it and you didn't say anything and you didn't stop it. So as much as I was with somebody backstage, 
and there were uh, other people there as well. Not one person did, did anything. And mm. that's a man. Yeah. That's a man not helping out a female that's there going, no, no, can you stop touching me? Can you stop touching me? No, please get your hands off me. Yeah. Does it does it piss you off a bit though that you've got to go on stage and be all ba 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 and sort of almost masculine in the way that you handle it? Can that you can't because that is a little bit like a, it's what I want to come on to in a minute, but it's a little bit like having to put a mask on rather than being yourself doing your comedy. Yeah. I mean, I say I say that I'm like I'm kind of like that anyway. I've oh, you are. Honest. I mean, you are. Um, yeah, I've, I've made myself out there to be some timid shy girl I just want to come out just want to come out and do my job and I yeah. do come out I'm like hello my darlings but if I'm in a situation where somebody starts I'm like oh no I think I don't know whether you saw the clip the other day I've got these platform trainers at the moment and these blokes were really chatty I'd barely been on stage for 30 seconds and I was like what's going on over here and he went what's going on with them trainers I went these are the trainers that are going to kick you in the dick when you try and rape me later I saw that yes and I went back and obviously everybody laughed and he was like whoa yeah. and I, like he was like oh no fair play and yeah. backstage was like i don't even know where that came from. how where did that come from but mm. in that moment i was like i need to tell him and show him that this is gonna end here unless i invite him to do so yeah um and that is part of me and that's just my thinking so i couldn't control that wasn't a controlled thought that wasn't something i've ever said before so I am that kind of person and I can bring it when I want to. And then, of course, like last night I was at a gig and I'm like, oh, hello, my darling. I said, I kind of talk to people and they kind of open up to me. And we had, we had, last night we were in a posh school, we had affairs going on and somebody's husband had gone drinking with somebody else's it's a work colleague, the wife had never met. And that's what I love to bring out with people. I've got that conversational style that's like, hello, tell me what's going on here. And then I'll be like, oh, oh, well, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and like we had two people that worked, met at a Walker's Crisps factory, they still work there. And I, one was the boss and one was not too much underneath him. And I was like, did you fuck in the office? <laughs> and he just went, yeah. And we were all like, what? What do you expect you answer? What do you mean? Oh, I'm going to very think very wisely about opening a packet of walkers crisps now i don't know what's in them <laughs> but it's just things like that I, I love i love doing that it's like you I say love... that you, you could spend a year trying to write material like that and you yeah. wouldn't come up with anything that's as, that's coming out as natural as when you're just talking this to the audience and that's why i love it because there's nothing funnier than what people just give me and and i'm aware of like i'll talk to somebody i'm like okay this person doesn't want to talk I'm aware of the body language and uh, if I do actually, because there was a, there was five people out the other day and there was two couples and the, the single woman and it became quite obvious quite quickly. She didn't want to sort of talk. So I, I sort of play nice and like sort of back out of it as, as good. Not, I don't shut it down because mm. I also don't want her to think that, Oh, she don't want to talk. Great. I'm like, Oh no, that's good. Oh yeah. Cool. That's your job. Brilliant. Oh, it's nice that you're out with your friends. And you know, I, I kind of back out of it in a, friendly way because i don't want her to feel uncomfortable about being in the situation yeah um but yeah i, I love it there's, there's nothing better than people and being able to make them feel comfortable enough to tell tell you their secrets you know what mm. i mean so when you're in a room, full of, a room full of strangers yeah so when you're does that make it easier though if you're doing a gig where you've got people in there that know you can they uh, especially if they know you really well and they because 
my whole point of this episode that I find that I'm finding hard is as like we're both we're both performers okay yeah it's when you are having a bad time like tonight I've got to go and sing tonight so I've got to really put the happy mask on as tight as I can because I know that if somebody asks for a song that I find really emotional I'm going to be a mess and it's not going to be their fault and I know that I've got to go in there and I've got to be, hey, how you doing? How's it? Hey, how you? you know, and, I know, and I'm feeling dead inside. How do you deal with that when you're having a bad time? You can't very... keep, especially with yourself, this is your income, isn't it? This is your job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you have to go and do it no matter how shitty you're feeling. How do you, how do you deal with that? We, we seem very similar, but what it comes down to essentially is we're performers. The show must go on is the, yeah. is the age old saying. Um, I think I gigged the day after my dad died. Um, and people were like, what? And I was like, what, what was I going to do? Sit at home and not, one, not earn money mm. <laughs> and not be able to pay my mortgage. And what, just sit there and dwell on something I can't get back. Um, and like you said, it's difficult when people know you, especially because I posted on social media recent, very recently that I was struggling. So every gig I've been to since, somebody's gone, well, every person at the gig last night is, oh, how, how are you? And, mm. you know, how's things? Which is difficult because then you're bringing it up again. And yeah. and posted on social media, I had so many messages. I haven't been able to read those messages. I haven't read the comments on the post because I can't. No. Because it will be, oh, we all love you. And I, I, I'm not in an emotionally sort of sound place to be able to read them and, mm. and not sit here bawling my eyes out for a long time. But, yeah, it comes down to the fact that there's show Keris and then there's what I would say is depressed Keris because people don't see, people don't see how I am all the time. So say if I wasn't at what, well, even if I, I am at a hotel this weekend, I'll be quite happy to stay in my pajamas all day, get ready for the gig later on. Um, I won't go anywhere. I probably won't even venture downstairs to get any food or, any, you know, it, it is what it is. And yeah. I'm like that at home. My son's so used to going to work and I'm in bed. I'll probably sleep all day and he'll come home and I'm still in my pajamas. I don't shower for days. Sometimes he'll come home and be like, you get in the shower. And I'm like, yeah, well, I got, if I haven't got work, I've got nothing to do. I've got no yeah. purpose. Yeah. So say if my last gig was on a Saturday and my next gig is until Thursday, odds of me leaving, leaving the house are probably slim to zero. Um, and uh, my main thing is you can see it in my in my bedroom so my bedroom is an absolute embarrassing shit tip <laughs> okay. like i could if you pop round and were like can i, be, <laughs> can I see your bedroom take me, take me to your bedroom <laughs> as obviously a lot of people do knock on my door and say that on a of course they do Yes. Um, They're lining up outside the door, Carries. Exactly. If a friend was to come over and go, right, come on, show me this. Yeah. My friend did it, um, (laughs) what was it, Sunday? She came over and she's like, right, come on, let's have a look. She's like, yeah, this is your mental health. This is, Mm. I'm literally, it's almost like, Pab, I'm burying myself in my bedroom. Right. Um, And I'm like, I'm going to tidy it. My sister's like, I'll come around and help you tidy. And I'm like, no, no, I need to do it myself. And I get really panicky. Or if somebody's like, I'm going to come around, I'm like, I, I, I can't have you in the house. I can't, let me do it because I can't have any, I need to do it myself and I can't have anybody seeing it. Um, and yet then I never, never do it. Right. But that's a, 
and somebody oh paul cooper actually messaged me the other day and he said that's uh hoarding is a side effect of um bereavement losing like your dad that would be a, a side effect of that right you know yeah, I'm. It's weird. I've I've found that the just the stupidest things start setting me off. But I also find that even when I'm where I feel I'm not going through a depression, like there'll be certain songs. I mean, I'm, I've become a big Taylor Swift fan. Okay, so it seems like why are you looking like that? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay, that's fair enough. But I find that like lyrics in a song, and all of a sudden, I feel my eyes welling up. Yeah, and I know I I know that I'm sort of in I'm in the middle of the trough of depression at the moment. I took my dog for a walk yesterday, and I was listening to a playlist, and the Justified Ancients of Moo Moo from KLF came on. I started bawling my eyes out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm not that, sing it. That's fine. Right, yeah, that's it. There's a copyright strike straight away. You sing. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I, I was going to say I was hardly recognisable. I think <laughs> no. <of> my condition. <laughs> but I'll tell you what the reason was is because when myself and my wife got together all those years ago, that was one of the songs that when we went out and danced. There's that bit that goes fishing in the rivers of life, fishing, in, and I can remember that we used to sing that that line to each other in like a really funny way. And for some reason I had a really happy, but a really emotional like feeling. And yeah. it was really, really strange that in this trough of depression that I'd been in, there was that little, just a little flashback to something that was really happy sort of 30 years ago Yeah. that then just set me off. And it's just weird how everything sets you off. Regarding the happy mask, when you have to, because you, like I say, you probably have to have it on a lot longer than I do. Does it make you physically and emotionally knackered yeah it does and then you you've also got a factor in as well you come in you come back out of a, a high of doing a gig mm. and so your your crashes are bigger yeah it's bigger than like your average person because you're like there like last night 250 people they're all laughing on the way out oh my god it's so good oh my god it's great and getting messages this morning and then you're sat on your own yeah um it's it's a massive up and down roller coaster. This job is I love my job. It's just so lonely. Mm. Like I've been away, so I was, I've been away for three nights. Um and yeah, I'd stay in nice hotels. Not so nice hotels sometimes. <laughs> hostel hostel in Brit uh, in london the other night really? I, I don't mind me a yeah girl guide hostel i fucking stayed there before it's bloody lovely me and a couple of old women in a room love it um so and i i stay nice places i stay horrible places i see see places i've never been before i see good things i see bad things but i see it all on my own yeah and people are like yeah but like the comedians then i see them occasionally we spend 20 minutes together possibly if they're just coming up to the gig and they then they go off um i always say they're work colleagues they're not they're not friends mm. they're you know there's, there's people you see very rarely and even more so um females i was gigged with felicity ward australian can be oh new zealand god is she australian new zealand. oh you fucked it there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um she lives down under somewhere yeah um she's just um she's the main she's the brent character in the australian remake of the female office oh right yeah 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 
but we were at the comedy store on Thursday. I've known, obviously, who she is for years. We've never actually met, never right. gigged together. So even that, even the female side of it, you don't get that female, um, like, camaraderie in the in the green rooms, obviously a little bit more now, which is good. But it's just, it's the loneliest job. You're driving hours on your own, which I don't mind. I have a little sing-along in my car and stop for a coffee and, and do whatever. But it, essentially, you're, you're on your own yeah. all the time. And don't even get me started on the office Christmas party. Just me <laughs> and a bottle of gin and a Christmas tree and a bit of tinsel. That sounds like heaven. And a photocopier. <laughs> um, but we go back, like, I've been on antidepressants since I was 18. Right. Um, I've, I've tried to get myself, there's times I've tried to take myself off them. Yeah. Just, just, just not worth it. See, now I've never, never been on meds, right? And I went to the doctor on Friday, and that was the discussion that we had. Now, you were saying about that massive dip that massive low that you have after a gig i have the same thing so i've been singing for like three hours and if it's a good gig it's like you're a god you know in a yeah. little pub everybody yeah. loves you and, and everybody afterwards yeah. will say we love you and then you have i hope my wife won't listen to this but you'll have like women that will look at you and uh, you know like you're robbie will yeah exactly yeah and they and, and they will come up and they go we love you we and i thought if i was sat at the bar name you wouldn't even look twice at me you just wouldn't yeah but when I come home, that's when I do the majority of my eating. That's my drug is is food. And whether I'm happy, really happy, I'll eat. And whether I'm really sad, I'll eat. And that's when it's my dangerous time because especially if it's been a good gig, I will raid the cupboards and just eat crap for an hour. But it's the meds thing. I went and saw the doctor on, on Friday, like I said, and, and we had a discussion about it. And he said, well, one of the, he said, the meds I'd like to put you on, I can't even remember what it was. He, he mentioned it, but uh, he said, one of the side effects is that you may gain a bit of weight. And I thought, well, I, I thought, well, then I'm going to get even more depressed if I'm going to get, because so far mm. I've been doing this thing for like 500 odd days. Um, and I've, I've lost about 20 pounds, which is, a lot of people say that's great, but it's not. It's crap. It really is crap for 500 days. And it makes me, that's another thing that's another little layer that goes on. So the fact that if I'm doing, I'm taking tablets, that I'm worried about getting hooked, not hooked, that sounds very dramatic, but I feel oh, dependable on, that's going to make me add weight, is just going to make me worse. So we ended up like saying maybe that's not the course to go down. Yeah. But do you feel like you depend on them now? Oh yeah, if I if I if I don't take them for because some for some reason occasionally I just I just can't bother to take them. Yeah, like I, I have double dose. I'm on like I think it's forty milligrams a day. Um, and Cal will notice. My son will notice. He'll be like, "Are you taking yeah, taking tablets?" I'm like, "No, not for a few days." Yeah, because yeah, he'll see the difference in me. And what do they so do then? What physically and mentally do they do? It, it's weird because um, it's only when you're not on them that you realise how much worse it could be. Really? Yeah. I can like proper low, like, 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 I, I'm, I feel low all the time anyway. I'm crying. I feel low all the time anyway, but this is the next level of low. And um, I'm I'm quite difficult 
to deal with. I was just what I was going to say. So Cal has had to deal with me on his own pretty much for his whole life. And then the other person that gets it is my mum because I go on holiday with her. Mm. So I see how they both just let me run if I'm in one of my like funks or like fucked up moods or whatever else. I can see mum, it's just going over my mum's head. She doesn't react to it. And like any other person would be like, what, the fuck? what are you talking to me like that for? Because mm. like some of the stuff I say to my mum and stuff is I'm like embarrassed about, like it's horrible. Right. She just lets it go because she knows that I'm just having one of me moments. Yeah. Um, and the same with Cal. We'll, um, we'll have a sort of argument or something and he, he'll just let it go because he knows that it's just like, you can't really control it. And you've got to think that that is well coupled together with bloody menopause and stuff now on, on top of it. There's, there's no way I could not be on antidepressants now because yeah. that adds another bloody layer to everything you're doing. Um, so, yeah, it, it just, it's almost like I've, I've never been suicidal, but without them, I probably, that's the closest I've ever probably come to being suicidal really yeah really do you it's that there's no way out that, that just doesn't seem an end to anything when when you're feeling down does does doing comedy help or doesn't is it really... something that makes you when you've got to go out you think oh no i've got to go and do this or is there sometimes when you're in a funk that it actually does help you and just gives you that little bit of a lift um it's a really, really weird thing. It's almost like I didn't choose comedy, it chose me. There was there was nothing. Well, I did performing arts at college and I always knew I'd work in the arts, the performing arts. I never knew what it was until I started doing comedy. I was like, ah, this is what this is what I was like born to do. Um, it's not a case of it cheers me up. I enjoy the fact that I can take other people out of their lives for an evening that's and exactly, cheer them up. That's exactly so it with the with the so It's almost like you're taking that on as yeah. well. So it's almost like piling it on. You've got, you're taking on more responsibility. Mm. So it's not making me, ha I love my job. Don't get me wrong. I love my job. I love the stuff I say. I love the stuff I do. Um, but it's, I want them to be able to come out of their depression or the and the amount of messages i always get like even with my stories and stuff oh my god your stories cheer me up they always make me laugh or oh, keep doing what you're doing oh i, I love watch like that thing that simple thing where me and mum go out and i'm like here i am on my own <laughs> and just chilling just walking down oh for fuck's sake mum's going people bloody love it you yeah me yeah so it's just simple things like that i'm like if i can help one person not feel like i do then that's all I need to do. That's all I'm happy. I, I, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. One of the, the, the most emotional I've got at a couple of gigs were the ones straight after lockdown when you would see loads of people just having fun. And yeah. It had been so long where people were frightened and people were worried to see people out having fun. I genuinely, there were times when I couldn't sing the song because it was just, it just made me so happy that people were out there having yeah. a laugh and having fun. So I think a lot of it is that it's more what, it's not necessarily, I think, the adulation that you get, but it's the feeling you get from the people that you're performing in front of. Yeah, it's it's taken that we've all had our time. We don't, and we don't know what's going on behind closed doors with no. other people. No. <clears throat> so I base it on, well, 
I've got a lot going on. These people have got a lot going on. They've come out. They paid for a ticket. They've come out here tonight to have a good night. I'm going to make sure they have a bloody good night. Um, and that's that's my job. And I think that's the thing is in that room, whether it's say me singing or you doing what you do, you're the most confident person in that room. So they think that's what you are, a hundred percent of the time. And I'm sure that that with with doing this and because of trouble I have as well with the podcast and everyone thinks hey look, they saw me in real life I am I am the least positive and um you know confident person I know well apart from you maybe <laughs> but I think that's that whole happy mask thing yeah, is yeah, that yeah. You've, you've got to be a performer to be able to put that mask on and nobody realizes that you are on your ass do you know what I'm worried about Pav is when if and when I get in a relationship because I don't want them to see that person on stage and think that's what they're getting because mm. that isn't what they're getting mm. um and I I will say this is the worst thing for me is I haven't got any friends you have no no I haven't right and like I class you as a friend, that's that's fine. I've got a lot of those friends. I've got nobody that I see on a not even a, a yearly basis, not even a, definitely not monthly, definitely not weekly, definitely not daily. I've got nobody that checks in with me, like a close friend. Like I, I there's a group of girls where I live that I went to school with. Occasionally, sort of once every six months, we'll go out for for lunch or whatever else. The rest of these girls, they go on holiday together. They go on family trips together. Um, they'll like four of my mates yesterday. I saw their um, Instagram story. I was like, "Oh, where are you? Where are you four off to?" And they're like, "Oh, we're just going down to the New Forest for the, the weekend." I'm like, "That's nice." And they're like, "What are you up to?" And I'm like, "Just, just, just gigging, just gigging all week." And it comes down to the fact that I had a son early. So if I'm having a son just after my 20th birthday, then I ain't going out with my 20-year-old friends anymore. i got a baby at home. Yeah. And then obviously, then I make friends with people that my son's grown up. They've got little kids. So we're not on the same thing anymore. Then I've always been the single person. And I'm very aware of being in a situation where people don't want that single female around their families, husbands, boyfriends, mm. partners, whatever. Um, and then I start to do a job where I'm working when other people aren't and they're working when I'm not. Yeah. So my whole life has got me into the point where I haven't got, it's not even a, I'd love a close circle of female friends. I haven't got one close friend. I haven't got somebody that my dad was my close friend. So when I lost him six years ago, that was the person that I cried with. He came around every day. My dad came, I saw him every day, right? Because he knew that if he didn't come around every day, I'd stay in bed all day. Yeah. So he'd be the reason I'd got up. At, I had to get up and unlock the door knowing that he'd be around at some point. Mm. Did I say lock the door or unlock the door then? Uh, get to lock the door. Unlock, unlock my bed. <laughs> unlock. Um, and... Um, even now, like if I'm upset, my so when I was I put the post out last week on Facebook, my mum rings up, and uh, she does this uh, like avoidance 
kind of technique where she won't address anything that you're talking about and talk about the new shoes she just bought or Slimming World. And I spoke to her about it the day after. And I was like, why would you do that? She went, because I, I, I'm trying to get you to think about something else. And I was like, do you not think sometimes I just want to have a cry? She went, I can't mm-hmm. deal with that. And my, my dad was the one that dealt with that. He'd come around and he'd be like, you all right? I'm like, I'm all right. And he's like, are you there? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And he'd be like, can we give your dad a hug? Hello. Yeah. yeah. Just, he knew straight away. Um, and Cal, I spoke to somebody recently. Somebody said, you put too much on Cal. So I had to try and step that back even more recently. And Cal's noticed and he's like, you can still talk to me. I was like, yeah, but I, I don't think it's fair. Mm. Uh, you, you've had it for 25 years. I don't think it's fair. I'm trying to lay off you a little bit. But then by doing that, it's put me in even more of a funk because I'm like, I've now got nobody to talk to. And that's the bare bones of it. And yeah, people are like, oh, you can ring me. You can... But it's, it's not that. I know that there's people out there that I can talk to. I just am very aware I've never had that one, two, three female friends that are there for me. Mm. And that breaks my heart. Oh, Carries. I know I said I wanted this to be like emotional and raw and real. I didn't, I don't want to upset you. I really don't. So you no, just... it's just, just the reality of stuff, isn't it? You just well, it is. You know that. And the trouble is, you want to be there for for other people, but I and I've I completely understand what you mean because with with you know people in my family, I don't. I, it's the same as like the the old thing of like you you can give good advice, but you can't take that same advice. If someone tells you the advice that you give, you know, everything will be fine, everything will be yeah. great. Like I'm saying to you, of course you've got friends, Keris. You're going, yeah, 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 I know. But inside you're going, fucking shut up. You know, you're talking out yeah. your ass. And I know I've I've been in that same position. And what but I'm going to say, feel bad. I almost feel bad saying it because yeah. then it, I feel like that's the worst thing as well. Because then you feel upset that you were, you're probably upsetting people by saying it. But I've got friends that just not. I know what you mean. They're the friends that you want there to be there every day. I mean, I suppose they're the friends that you want to, not that he could re- replace your dad, but be that no. same person. Nobody knows anything about me. No. And again, the thing is, everybody thinks they know about you because they see you up on stage and they think that's who you are. And I think yeah. that's the that's the trouble when it comes to anybody that's performing, That, like you said. I think that's why so many famous people get married so much is because... Everybody thinks that the person on the stage is who they're getting in the bedroom and who they're getting in yeah. the, when they're living every day. And they're not because they've all got that mask on and they all get home and they all think, oh, I haven't got to be that fucking person anymore. I can yeah. just be a moody bastard. And then the person that's there is going, hang on a minute, where's the fun loving, yeah. sexy person? You know, yeah. you know exactly. I've got to deal with your bloody skid marks in your pants now. That's not, that's not sexy. Oh, that's what that someone said that about you. I wasn't not with me. <laughs> that was a, a little bit too that's honest and truthful. Out, I better uh, let me. Uh, what, uh, Thirty-six minutes. I need to cut that bit. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cut it out! <laughs> I'm going to try and not cut anything out. I want to try and Things make like it that make us laugh. Yeah, indeed. Oh, you haven't seen my skid marks, Gary. So that wouldn't oh, make no, you I'm laugh. Like, no. We're at the age of it. Just is what it is, mate. <laughs> it is. We're just. This is another thing. Like I like. How do I sell myself to a man? Oh, God, there is. 
skid marks and moustache. <laughs> I was in the bloody bathroom, the lighting in there today's shown up my little blonde moustache. I'm like, Jesus Christ. But, I must um, admit, though, there isn't. I, I was talking about you to another friend of ours, Loz, who's going to be a guest on the, the pod in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, um, and we, we were talking about you and we were saying, my God, have you seen Keris lately? Have you seen how amazing that she looks? And you have, you have had this amazing transformation over the last couple of years. Is that, was that another way to like boost yourself or was, what was the, well, I mean, I don't want to be too yeah, personal no, on it. But. Well, go back to your food, the food thing that you say you rely on for your depression and, and trying to make you feel better and you, you eat your feelings. And um, once I hit menopause, um, all I was doing was eating and sleeping um, for the best part of five years. And I went to a PT and he's like, just is what it is. You're going to have to change all your exercise routines. Your bone density is changing. Your body's changing. What, what exercises worked before won't, won't work now. Plus, you're not going to lose that weight because this is the time of the life that you're in. Went to the doctor. Yeah, you're just going to pile on the weight. Is what it is. I was like, literally can't stop. I could eat a three course meal, and within minutes, be my head's there going, "You're bloody starving again. What's, yeah, what yeah. can I eat? What yeah. can I eat?" And I was like, "I can't, I can't live like this. I literally can't live like this." And I and I was eating a lot, and like I, I love, love posting me food things on Instagram. But I go into a place, right? I went into a cafe for brunch. I'd be like, "Oh, that savory brunch looks nice. Oh, but that sweet brunch looks nice." savory or sweet both yeah i'd have both right and because like i knew i'd have like a short if you left it too long between eating them both you couldn't eat them both but i made sure like i'd play through it because mm. i knew get it in get it in then feel shitty all day um so it got to the point where i was like i can't i can't see an end to this so you know i, I never i never i've never been thin or anything like that i've always been overweight never you know always been sort of around the 14 stone mark size 14 16 18 yeah and and buying clothes see i'm not one of these people that goes in somewhere and like if i had to buy a size 20 for it to feel comfortable and look all right i'd buy a size 20 mm. and like my mum refuses to be that person she's like oh i'm getting a size 14 <laughs> and i'm like why don't you get a size 16 and then it's comfortable, it's comfortable. no i'm not a 16 yeah, yeah and i'm not that kind of person if I'm buying a size eight in one shop and buying an eighteen, it doesn't bother. It doesn't matter to me as long as it fits. Um, but it got to the point where I was like, I can't see an end to this. I'm constantly eating in order to get round that. I'm constantly sleeping, and so my mate had had this gastric sleeve. I could see how well she was doing. And I was like, just going to do that because I was like, and then obviously a lot of. Uh, family were like no what you do like, they spoke to family about what well, you know oh my god people have died from that what are you, why are you being so silly and I'm like I do you know what I'd rather have a small amount of time not living like this anymore mm. than to carry on living like this yeah so if I have it done and I have a few months and I die then I've had a fucking good few months and this is what I say now. I have had the best year and a half. Like my body confidence is sky high. Just my confidence in myself. When I walk down the street, I see people looking at me. Obviously, that's because of the tattoo I've got. And I look like I might be robbing them. But <laughs> regardless of what whatever they're looking at me for, 
Um, I'm like a size size 10. I've never been a size 10. I can, do you know what, Pav? I can order something in a size 10 online. And you know what? It comes and it fits. Yeah. Never been able to do that with anything before. Um, and then probably more depressing on the other side of it, more works come in because I look aesthetically better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another add-on, I am getting more attention from men because I look better. And I've even had men that I've known for like 10 years message me and go, hey. And I'm like, all right, all right, mate, how's it going? They're like, you look good. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you know, <laughs> like take you out. And I'm like, but we've known each other for 10 years. And yeah. if that was ever on the cards, why have you not taken me out before? And they're like, the outer shell has changed. And I'm like, but I'm still the same person. And yeah, they're like, yeah. well, you've always had the personality. So that's even better now. You've got the, the you know, the looks to go with it. And I'm oh, like, you're really starting me. to fuck me off. And yeah. I'm not going to go out with you because yeah. of what you've just said. And I have found that though. I have worked on my personality for years. Right, that's all I've had to rely on, and now the rest of me is caught up. I am an out and out threat. <laughs> oh, but I've all right, got no, it all now, pal. It, it's going to be it another. All. It's going to be another one of those things where you, you're going to in the in your mind go, "Oh, fucking shut up." But that very first time I met you at the Phoenix Festival, twenty God, was that twenty thirteen? Twenty thirteen. Ten years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought you were beautiful then. Genuinely thought you were beautiful then, and not Did you just see some of the fo- some of those photos. I look pregnant, and I wasn't. No, <laughs> <laughs> let me check them. Let me check my diary. <laughs> oh, thank God for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the wife won't listen to you. Leg out the way. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was so. Me. So, and 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 I think you remind me a lot of like our relationship with Laws as well. Is like you were one of those people that we clicked with right at the very start you know and from inside and out you were like one of those people that i could spend loads of time with this lady because she is just but again i know that a lot of it is that performance thing because you were out there you were doing a job but i genuinely i mean i remember seeing that first photograph of you because we haven't seen you for a while and i thought my god it's like a, a completely different person yeah but then when we actually spoke and because i don't think I think you did the still top the same, ten. Still, still the same. No, you're still you you yeah. still you're still the same Keris. Doesn't matter what the outer shell is. So fuck that guy. Well, I mean, I, hope, yeah. I don't know whether you well, did I fuck said, that guy. You but... know what? No, no, no. It's somebody you somebody you know as well, which is oh, funny. God. Um, <laughs> uh, our prime example is my my friend, um, who I've known all my life. She was born two days before me. Lived next door to me. Hope she doesn't listen to this. Um, always been pretty beautiful, perfect body. Uh, we had all the boys, had jobs she wanted, everything. Um, we go out now and she is fuming. Why? Because. Oh, because you're getting all the attention, I suppose. Because I've got exactly what she's got now, but more, I've got the personality. Oh, right. Whereas she's relied on just her looks for all of her life. So now if people come in, if we're somewhere, men are immediately drawn to me because 
I've had to rely on my personality for so long. Yeah. So I shine brighter. So I say, so what you're saying is that you are now the full package. Mate. Yeah. Yeah. Skid marks, (laughs) hairy moustache, sweaty menopausal. I am the one. There you go. Make a line, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, or gentlemen. I mean, I don't know. I mean. Oh, exactly. Who cares these days? Do you know what I'm saying? It could be any. Keris, I mean, as a first episode this was everything i wanted it to be um i'm sorry that we, we had a few tears i've got moist eyes as well uh but i think that might be the menopause i just as well. need to say quickly like we'll have to do another episode as well because how yeah. i got the where why i'm on antidepressants i was sexually abused so as a child i was raped a few times in my teens and early 20s i was in relationships with violent people people that just came home from work going um I want sex and I'd be like, I, I, I'm, I'm not in the mood and they're like, I'm just going to do it anyway. So I've had a horrible, horrible time, a lot sort of to do with sex and relationships to the point where I've hated sex all of my life. Mm. I've hated that side of, of my life for the best part of 30 years, 10 years of those that I was celibate this year because of my newfound sort of confidence and stuff that has opened up for me and I'm living my best life with regards to stuff like that. So yeah, I might be depressed and stuff like that, but there's other stuff going on that I'm like, Oh my God, for the first time in my life, that's better than what it ever has been. Um, and yeah, so I just wanted to say that there's, there's reasons I've got to, and, and I always say this, I, would never it sounds really fucked up i would never change those things because i wouldn't be who i am today no, no. i don't know who i i don't know who i'd be yeah and that upsets me in a like a small percentage but on that note i wouldn't be who i am well if you're happy to come and do another part we'll have a uh caris nelms the sex episode maybe yeah I mean, God, I don't that's, know. I think, that's already, I, think that, I think that video's already on. <laughs> so I might have to check the title and call it. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll change the, change the title. Um, before we actually say goodbye, I just wanted to say uh, thank you to Jen Berg, who sent our first email. Um, now, what I'm doing alongside the podcast is when I go out for my walks, I'm having a little microphone on and I'm just talking about what's in my head. And I'm yeah. calling them grizzly chats to go along with the big black bear pod. So she uh, she emailed and said, hi, just subscribe to the new pod. Uh, the nature nerd in me wants to point out that grizzlies tend to be more reddish brown than and not black. But the UK hasn't had an indigenous bear population for like 800 years. So I'll forgive you. Also, I love bears. Um, of course, I have no other suggestions for grizzly chats. I was asking if there's any other, other names. I do know Jen from our other podcast. And I did say that this was the most Jen Berg e- uh, e- um, email I'd ever received. So bless you for that, Jen. Uh, she did say, you know, Churchill used to refer to his moods as black dogs. Fun facts. Uh, thanks for doing this, she says. Um, you've got, what was did you call your... Didn't you have a... Is it your the black dog, I think, isn't it, you call it? It is. It, well, the, that is the... The main, the main one. Oh, is that what? Right, yeah, right. Black dog, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really, I, I don't really use that term, but that is the, the main term. That That's the main use. term. I just, um, just a bit moody, just, just under a cloud. Yeah, yeah. 
Stay away, stay away. I was going to say, day, stay, away. stay away. But how can people? How can people see your stuff, Karis? Oh, I'm all over a path. I'm on bloody Insta and TikTok, and I've got a website, just www.karisnelms.com. Uh, I've got all my dates, future dates up there. Go off, off to Australia again for three months. See that as well. The most depressing part of the year. I fuck off to somewhere sunny. Thank you very much. And That's so my favourite thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So you should. Um, so if you want to email us, bigblackbearpod at gmail.com. I've got to get used to saying that. Uh, all our social medias at bigblackbearpod. Uh, and also come and listen to the other podcast, the top 10 of anything. I'll put all the links in the show notes, especially for Keris as well. Keris, thank you for making this episode um, everything I wanted it to be. No worries, my and darling. And I will say that I am your friend. I absolutely love you and adore you. And I'm here whenever you likewise, need me likewise my yeah. darling likewise that's it and we're both saying ah, i'm never gonna fucking call you <laughs> i don't need to deal with your shit. yes yes i've got enough shit to, to fucking worry about yeah. but but yes we'll have a part two and we'll we'll delve into all, all the other stuff when whenever you're ready my dear cool. you have a thank lovely you. lovely day uh thank you very thank much you. for very much for everybody watching and listening and um bye friends <laughs>